This is part three. I didn't even know I was going to do a three-part series, but shit. I ain't got shit else to do. I might as well talk. And there's so many people be asking me to continue the story and stuff, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Like I said, it was a guy in the FTM men's room. His name was Jay. Jay so-and-so. I'm not going to say his full name. <clears throat> but um, he ended up dying because the simple fact... It's not because he didn't get on T. The reason why he died was because he decided that he was going to use steroids online to masculinize himself. So, he wasn't um, getting a full panel. He wasn't getting his blood work looked at. He was just doing it on his own because... The doctor had denied him from starting on testosterone because he had sickle cell disease. And my friend Ant, I had talked to Ant about it because he said, I don't quite know why the doctor didn't give him testosterone because if you really look at it, people with sickle cell, they have the hemoglobin that's very low compared to a normal person. And if I was to get on testosterone, my hemoglobin would be higher. And I was just hoping for the best. I had saved some money up from my job. So I knew right there that I could at least get my blood work done and see if they'll say yes and, and see if I can go ahead and start transitioning. So I go there after the long wait. It was July 13, 2009. And I remember this was the first time I ever drove to Boys Town on my own. I had never drove that far in my whole life. But I had came to a point in my life where I had hit the wall. And I didn't I didn't want to go another day not being myself so I gassed up my little 1994 Toyota Corolla and put that little Super Roller on the road and I drove from Calumet City all the way to Howard Brown on uh, Halston uh, Street now, if you live in the Chicago area, y'all know where Austin is. Now, like I said, I was a new driver, so therefore, there was no way I was going to take the expressway. So I would just drive Austin all the way. It was a straight shoot, basically, you know, because I think the first Howard Brown was located on Austin. Nowadays, there's a bunch of Howard Browns. They're everywhere. And it's come to a point where it's so many people that's trying to transition and trying to get on testosterone that it's it's hard, it's so hard to even get to my doctor, talk to my doctor, get an appointment that's early nowadays. It's crazy. But anyway, I go there and they have me talk to another psych. I'm like, okay, let me talk. And they run down all that I should expect from being on T. 
the dangers, the benefits, the negative side effects, all of that. So I'm not understanding why so many people be talking about, like I even saw a dude that said he went to Howard Brown. Back in 2012, I want to say he, he went to Howard Brown. And he going to claim that Howard Brown never told him any negative side effects of testosterone. Now, for me personally, I researched transition through the internet before I even started. See, I knew what the negative effects were. I knew what the positive effects were. I knew I was going to go ball most likely. I knew what could happen, what could not happen, the ins and outs. I had so many books on it that I knew exactly what I was getting into. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't understand these detransition, these detransitioners. They'll sit up here and they'll be talking about, about, well, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. I didn't understand what could happen. I'm like, how in the hell you didn't know what, what was going to happen? Why didn't you research it? You don't do something this major in your life and then change your mind. This is deep shit. And then some people don't even really understand the magnitude of which you can transition. And also, you might lose so so many things. You, you could sacrifice a lot of things in your life that you had already put in place when you were a female. Let's say that you had a, a steady, nice, good job. Everything was cool, calm, and compostetic, right? So all, so, uh, I forget my point of thought. But let's say all of a sudden, you decide you're going to, you know, transition. Now you got to worry about the workplace. Are they going to accept you? Do you want to stay at your workplace that you're currently in? These are questions that you have to ask yourself. You can't just transition and think and hope for the best. Because not everybody is going to accept you. There's people in your family that's not going to accept you. You got to be mindful of that, of everything that might happen that's negative. And you have to think about it for yourself. Like, can you deal with your dysphoria without transitioning? That's the biggest question. If you can't deal with the societal effects, and all of a sudden, you might not be able to get a job as well. You might have to jump through a little bit more hoops than normal people because people see you as abnormal now. Even though we're, we're pretty normal, at least I am. I'm pretty normal. It's just the fact that I'm, I'm trans. There's nothing big and, and abstract about me, really. I just happen to be born trans. And I see being trans is just as the same as me being born with sickle cell disease. It's a medical condition, and I fixed it. And I really don't see it as an identity, you know. I had to do what I had to do to fix my dysphoria. And that first day, July 13, 2009, I went ahead and did the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. Was I scared? 
Hell yeah. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell nobody that I started transitioning. I did it all by myself. I hadn't even met another trans man face to face in the flesh until like two years after that. So I did have the FTM men's room and they was, you know, they was really helping me out with certain things about the changes. But I had already known what the changes was because I had already looked this shit up in the book. And that was also a book back in 1999 that I had read. It was called Man, I can't remember what it was called. But the person who wrote the book, his name was Nick Gordon. And the, the funniest thing is, when I went to San Francisco to have my my top surgery, I walked into the clinic. It was an LBGT clinic. And there was a doctor there. And I recognized his face immediately. I said, was your name Dr. Gordon? He said, yes, sir, it sure is. I said, I have your book. And he just stared at me. And I don't know why he was just looking at me like that. Like, maybe he didn't want me to out him. But I, me and him was the only one in the room. So it wasn't like I was trying to out the dude. I don't know what that was. That was kind of weird. But yeah, I used to always listen to a lot of things, you know, that trans women went through. My One of my favorite channels was Nancy Nancy Rogan. I forget the name of that. It was also another show with uh, Ethan St. Pierre. Ooh, that was my favorite show. I used to listen to that show every single week. I used to download them and then go to work and listen to them. So I basically knew what was going to happen to me once I started T. But my changes was very slow because I have sickle cell and my puberty just don't hit as hard, you know. if you, I have a slower puberty, so... It took me a long time, but I can finally say today, 12 years later, after top surgery, after all the trials and tribulations that I've been through, that I finally feel like, I'm not going to say 100%, but I'm just going to say my dysphoria has alleviated at least 80%. I can have good days, I can have bad days. Sometimes, you know, it'll elevate. Sometimes, you know, you got a family function and people know that you, you know, used to be a female and they might call you a different name or say she or something like that might come up. Sometimes that's the problem, you know. But other than that, I've been feeling really good. I don't have that that depression that I used to have and I also assimilated into society because it was one point where I was looking for work and I don't know what's different now than it is back then because I could not find a job for the life of me I had changed my name everything was good you know I live in the south suburbs so I would put in for jobs and I would never hear any callbacks or nothing like that. So it came to a point where I had to move to a whole other state. And that was the best thing I could have did because I need my brothers to go ahead and write this down. Especially if you first started transitioning. What you really need to do, 
especially when you're young, hopefully. If you're older, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be some, somewhat of a problem. Try to get a job in your, in your, uh, the name that you have now, which means is like, as soon as you can, as soon as possible, get your name changed in the courts and start working under that name as soon as possible. The younger you are, the better off it's going to be because you're going to need references and stuff like that. Try to find people that know you under uh, your current name. Now, if you're 17, 18 years old and you just now started working and you have never worked before, I'm telling you, stop thinking about getting on T first. The first thing you need to do is get your name changed. So you can, uh, if you try to get a diploma, You'll have your name already as your, your current name. So once you get like more successful in life, you don't have to be worried about that background check where that former name is going to pop up or you ain't got no references from a job that you had 10 years ago because your name was, was another name. Y'all get what I'm saying? But what I did, I went ahead and started working under my current name I got a lot of references with a lot of jobs over in California so when I came back home it was so easy for me to get any job I wanted but the thing was um, I, got a, I got a little bit of a hip problem so now it's a little bit more tricky I have to find jobs that you know I have to sit down and do and you know Everywhere I go, I'm red as male. I have basically assimilated to society. When I go to work, everybody see me as male. Even, even if they did the background check, they haven't said anything negative. Or if somebody knows, they haven't said anything. Maybe just HR know. Because HR is the one to take care of that type of stuff. Background check. And stuff like that. So... I think being uh, assimilated into society and being socially read as the gender that you are is very important. If you find that you can't assimilate yourself into society, what problems are you gonna have? You're not gonna be able to work. You're gonna end up homeless. There's gonna be all type of things that's gonna happen to you. People are not going to read you as a certain type of way. This is for a binary trans men, of course. I don't talk about any type of other type of trans people. Except for binary trans men. So, I can pretty much say that it was quite a journey. And I don't feel no regrets. But I do remember when it was a time when I couldn't find a job. I had actually thought about saying I was uh, I was my former name and just working under my former name. Because back then, I didn't think I passed anyway, to be honest. Everybody else did. I was in the boys' dormitory and all of that, but everybody was calling me, you know, male and, and my uh, new name and stuff. 
what I didn't think I passed at all. But a lot of people were like, they never knew. They never knew nothing about it. Some of them still don't know to this day. When I was hanging out with my homeboys, conservative white dudes, you know, people like that. Went fishing with them. Went boating. All type of shit. No problem. Wearing a uh, binder the whole time. And one time, it was one of the guys at the, uh, the school, they was like, it looked like you wear a, um, a bulletproof vest. He's like, are you like uh, security or something like that? I was like, yeah, I sure am. And everybody started laughing. They were like, you got on so a bulletproof vest for a reason. I mean, I want to know what it is. <laughs> So they never came to the conclusion that that's what the situation was. But some of them could tell that I was wearing something underneath my, my shirts, my T-shirts. Yeah, that was fun times, though. Even now, I just left the gym. I'm in the sauna with the, uh, with the cis men and just chilling. And ain't nobody's thinking no type of way about me because I passed so well, man. I passed way better now than I did five years ago when I had top surgery. I don't know why, but maybe I'm just looking a little older. The hairline is, uh, you know, how that hairline do. And I'm more male hairline. Got little gray hairs. And it'd be some young boys be in there and they be looking up to me like, like the older guy. They be looking for like uh, advice and stuff like that. I really like that. I keep the gray in my hair nowadays. I used to dye. I'm looking more distinguished. I got a little, um, a little salt in my beard. About two or three little gray uh, hairs in there. Stop wearing my do-rag as much as I used to. I've been on my grown man shit lately. And really on that grown, grown man shit. When I start working, I'm going to buy me a bunch of suits. I'm going to be looking nice, boy. I have never had, uh, had a really nice suit. I had one suit that I was... Uh, that I wore one time with this girl for her birthday. It was one of them, um, what's that dude, man? Steve Harvey suits. It was blue, uh, plaid. It was kind of cool. They had a vest go along with the mug. I was looking, I was looking nice. <laughs> so, I want to get me some more, some more like nice ass suits. I got a whole different style. Like the style that I, I used to dress when I was younger, about 20 years ago. I'm not feeling that no more. I'm not feeling these regular t-shirts. I'm not feeling these, uh, just the slacks. And a button-up or jeans and a button-up. None of that shit. I, I want to look like right. I want to look backish. That's what I've been on. Stacking my paper, getting my money, 
trying to get my goals in place. I'm not really looking for a girlfriend. Like, it is what it is. You want to come back, come through, chill, hang out with me. Might go on a couple dates or whatever, but I'm not really looking for no relationship right now. Really not. I'm not even in that mold. They don't mold is getting that paper. Because I'm just on a whole nother type of level right now. I'm not on the level of just being that type of dude just going out and trying to be locked in with one chick. At least that's how I'm feeling right now. I might change my mind. It depends on the one. Because I always say that until I find somebody that I think going to be that one that I want to settle down with. And then I change my mind. I'm like, I found out these huge flaws that's going on. And truth be told, I really haven't found anybody that that's in this state that's going to be like the way that I need her to be, you know. I'm trying to be like going out adventure, adventures and stuff. You know. I'm trying to be like the Huxtables but without the kids. Me being successful, her being successful. We get together, we having vacations and hanging out and you know exploring the world, exploring each other. That's what I'm on. And if, if, if she can't be like that, I, I just can't, man. I don't want to, like, settle down, settle down. I want to I wanna see the world. Top flight. Secure the world, Craig. <laughs> Alright, I done met my destination. This is the last I'm going to talk about my life story for a while. So I done did three part series on this shit that I did not mean to. So if y'all know any ladies that want to hit up the group, let me know. Farrell Nelson at Facebook. Y'all know where I'm at. Peace.